On June 24, 2021, a 12-story condo near Miami collapsed in a matter of seconds, killing many residents. It is one of the deadliest building collapses in U.S. history. This is, unfortunately, not an isolated case of a building failing catastrophically. The Sampoon department store collapse in South Korea in 1995 is among the deadliest building failures. The building collapsed due to several structural failures, killing more than 500 people and injuring over 937 more. Since they are designed and built to stand the test of time, buildings don't fail frequently. So what causes buildings to collapse catastrophically? And are there any warning signs before a building fails suddenly? Overloading. Buildings are designed to support a certain maximum load. A building can collapse if there's more weight on a portion of it than the structure is designed to support. This can happen when the material's strength deteriorates over time. Overloading was one of the causes of a factory collapse in Dhaka, Bangladesh in 2013, in which an eight-story commercial building failed, killing at least 1,132 people. Material deterioration. Chemical changes in materials such as rust burst can cause buildings to collapse. Steel is used alongside concrete to add strength to buildings. But rusting steel can expand up to six to seven times its original thickness. When embedded in concrete, this expansion can crack the surrounding structure. Cracks appear, then rain and frost cause the cracks to widen, rendering the building unsafe. Ground settling. Buildings don't have to be very old to begin sinking into the ground. When a structure is built on unstable land, such as soft soil or marshland, the foundation can begin to sink shortly after construction, and this gets worse with time. When a foundation fails, the building collapses from the bottom. In a high-rise building, this results in a pancake effect, where the upper floors slam down on top of the collapsed foundation. Design flaws. Buildings are typically designed with redundancies or alternative load paths. If one section of the structure fails or weakens to the point where it can no longer hold the building's weight, that load is redistributed to another section. Designs that lack such redundancies can lead to devastating failures of the entire structure. Natural disasters. A building may also collapse due to natural disasters, such as earthquakes, fires, or hurricanes. Earthquakes cause movement at the building's foundation by generating waves across the ground. This energy is transferred into the building's structure. If the structure is unable to absorb this energy, the building can fail. Huh. Let's look at a few more real quick. One, the Lotus Riverside compound. They're going to put the picture up there in Shanghai, China. This uh, apartment building fell on one side. It was due to an unstable foundation. The New Delhi building collapsed. It fell down, and when they did an inspection and investigation of what happened, they concluded that all of the safety certificates and the permits that they had filed were fake. They mentioned this one in the video, the Sampung department store, where over, 14, or over 500 people died. And that occurred because the owner and the contractors made decisions to cut corners and not keep to the plans. 
Now, why do I show you these depressing but important pictures? And the reason is this. I asked an architect friend once, like, what causes buildings to, to collapse? And this was right after the one uh, that happened in Miami. And as he began to explain to me the various reasons, like you saw in the video, I realized that the same things that affect a building falling often affect us in our lives as well. It may be different, of course, but many of the same stresses, burdens, and things that occur and cause these buildings to fall can come into our life as well. And when we started last week, we, we mentioned that everybody, all of us in this room, are building a spiritual house on something. Your life is like a house, and you're building that house on a certain foundation to a set of guidelines that you follow. You may not even realize that you're doing it. For each of us, we realize that in our lives, we have a, a set of goals and values, our goals are what drives us. It's what we're throwing our darts at. What is it in your life that is most important? What do you value the most? Our values then, which help us determine what is right, wrong, ethical, moral, they also set boundaries in our lives. That's what leads us along our way to the goals. It, it is the standards we, which we use in our lives to achieve those goals. And every single one of you have goals when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your careers, maybe family, relationships, all of us have goals in our lives. And in those goals, we measure them by a certain standard. We just need to ask, what standard? Because every one of us is chasing something in life. We put priority on certain things, and we may not even realize it. In fact, the book I wrote, this is the entire premise of it. The reality is every single one of you have a set of goals you're chasing after and a, a foundation of values that you have. The problem is, for many of us, you don't even realize it. But, but what's an even bigger problem is this. Every single one of you in this room, every single day, make hundreds, if not thousands, of decisions based upon your goals and your values, and you don't stop to think about it. We rarely stop in our incredibly hurried, busy lives or in our very comfortable lives sometimes. We rarely stop to ask, do I have the right values? Am I chasing the right things? We simply make decisions based on that and just kind of let it play out. The point of the book in this conversation, this series, and in your small group's time is for me to ask, how can I get you to stop long enough in your busy and even maybe comfortable life to begin asking the important questions you need to ask about what you believe, why you believe it. Because again, you're making decisions every day based upon that. Are they the right things? Even more importantly, as we take our analogy of the house, we need to ask, are you building a house that can weather the storms of life? Because you know what we said last week, the storms are coming. No matter what, the storms of life are coming. Are you building a house that can withstand it? And so today, I kind of want to piggyback on what you saw in the video and talk real quickly about some of the things that cause buildings and structures to fall and how these also relate to our lives. The first thing, the first reason that structures fall is because of foundational failure. We've talked about this several times. On the cover of the book, you'll notice that I put uh, the Tower of Pisa 
on there, which is an iconic uh, tourist attraction. What's interesting about it is when they began building that, nobody went and tested the ground on which it was to be built. They didn't test the foundation. And it was way too late when they discovered, they kind of built it already, that the foundation was uneven. Parts of it could handle the weight, parts of it couldn't. And what happened then is we began to see that Tower of Pisa as it begins to lean over. Currently, it's leaning at about 3.9 degrees, and they believe when it gets to about 5.4 degrees, it will fall to the ground. Same's true in our life. This metaphorical house you're building, what are you building it upon? What kind of foundation are you building with? Can it withstand the weights and the burdens of life? At the core, we have to ask ourselves some central ideas that may or may not guide us. Is there a God? Thank you. (laughs) Preach it, my sister. Does life have meaning and purpose? And what happens when I die? Like I said, we can get busy in life and ignore these questions, but at some point you will face them. And my goal and my hope is that you face them sooner than later and deal with them now. Because the answer to these questions and many more, there's a bunch more in the book, are what builds a foundation in our life for us to make decisions and build our house upon. They are core to our values the reason we live, our purpose, and our meaning. And when we ignore them, they can lead to all sorts of problems like destroyed relationships. We can destroy lives with it. All sorts of things can creep in. The second reason that structures collapse is poor design. And what I mean is this. You can have a great foundation to build on and still build a crummy house. And you're going to need a plan. Now, anybody familiar with construction knows that you can't just take a bunch of subcontractors, throw them on a job site, and say, get her done. You'll have pandemonium. It'll be chaos. Why? Because you're going to need a set of plans. You're going to need something to guide you, to set parameters. And in our life, we have to ask that question too. We get back to the goals. What are your goals in life? What is it you're really chasing after? What are you throwing your darts at? One thing I know for certain, I tell the staff this all the time. The surest way to guarantee you will miss a target is to never put one up. Just imagine being in a room with a bunch of people and you hand them all throwing darts. You never put a target up and you say, just throw. What's going to happen in that room? Chaos. It's going to be crazy. In fact, someone might get hurt. They're just going to throw their darts every which direction at every little thing. The sure way to get those darts going in the right direction is to put a target up on the wall. But I wonder sometimes how many people live their lives this way. They have no goal, they have no meaning, they have no purpose, they're just throwing their darts any which way. What is it that's important to you? What are you chasing after? 
in life? Do you have a plan? In fact, let me just ask, this is something everyone is, it's just a good idea to go through. Do you have a life goal? When you really sit down and you think about it, ultimately, what is my life goal? Or you know what the more difficult question is, what do I think I would like them to write on my obituary at the end of the day? What are you chasing after? What's most important to you? The third reason buildings collapse is faulty construction. And again, you can have a great foundation, you can have a good set of plans, but you can still build a crummy house, can't you? You can cut corners, make bad choices, leave things off, or just build it poorly, just do a bad job. Ultimately, we have to ask ourselves then, while I may have a plan, what standards am I living by? What standards do I live by that keep me going forward? How do I measure success in life? What's my measuring stick? And are they the right standards that I'm living by? In fact, in uh, September of 1999, after 10 months of traveling, the Mars orbiter approached Mars. Their goal was to put it in orbit so that it could circle around and they could learn many things. They had spent millions upon millions of dollars to make this happen. And when they came in and they put it into orbit, it immediately flew down and crashed into Mars. When they investigated it later, you know what they found out? The company that had been in charge of writing the software needed to put it into orbit had used the English measuring system instead of the metric system. And that one thing sent that Mars orbiter crashing to the ground. And so I have to ask you, in your life, while you're chasing those goals, are you using the right standard to measure success? Is that standard the word of God? And what we are taught or is it something else? The next reason that buildings collapse is this. We call it extraordinary loads, or in other words, undue stress. So again, you can have a great foundation. You can have a good set of plans. You can build it according to the plans and do it well. But if you use that structure in a way for which it was not designed and put undue stress on it, it can come falling down as well. I don't know if they got these pictures up there, uh, but they did. In uh, May 2021, a balcony collapsed in Malibu. Why? There was way too many people on it beyond what it was designed to handle. Another one actually just happened this year in the spring. A roof in New York that was being used as a parking lot fell. Why? Well, the building had been built in 1925, and it hadn't been designed for this purpose at all. And so when they placed a bunch of cars on top of it, it couldn't handle the weight, and it fell. What does that mean for us? Well, what happens in our life when we allow too much stress, anxiety, worries, 
and the burdens of life to weigh on us. What happens when we don't keep that in check, when we don't give that to the Lord? And the truth is, left unchecked, it can cause you to come crashing down. The worries of life can be a genuine burden. And if you've ever been around somebody that, that lives in constant fear, they, they, they allow the burdens of life to build up. They don't have any mechanism to release it. Eventually, it just gives in. They come crashing down. Jesus would talk about the destructiveness of anxiety in a story many of you know. He would talk about a farmer who goes out there and he throws his seeds. And on one of the grounds he throws the seeds, it's good ground and it produces a crop. But he talks about another piece of ground that, that they throw seeds on and what happens there. And we see that story in Matthew 13. It says, the seed falling amongst the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but then the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, they choke the word, making it unfruitful. What happens when you allow the anxieties and the worries of this world to choke out the promises of God that he has for your life? What happens when we allow them to consume us and bring us crashing down? We're not meant to live that way. Peter would remind us in 1 Peter 5, he'd say, cast all of your anxiety on him. That's Jesus because he cares for you. Are you living a life of stress and anxiety and worry? I would encourage you to really investigate that. Talk to some people around you because I don't believe in the long term it's sustainable for anybody and your house will come crashing down. The last reason I want to talk about today, they hinted at in the video as well, and this is one we just have to be aware of, and that one's called unexpected situations. Most of us know that just things happen in life sometimes. Not every day is a sunny day. Life has a way of throwing curveballs at us. And we've joked about this before, but it never makes appointments for those. You know what I mean? They just kind of come. And we have to be ready for them. And what we learned is that, again, you can have a great foundation. You can have an awesome set of plans. You can build it properly. You can use it and maintain it the way it should. But without warning, a tornado can still come and take it. It just happens. And in life, that can look like a lot of different things. It can look like a medical diagnosis suddenly. You lose your job. Get in a car accident. Family member dies. It can be all sorts of things that creep up unexpectedly into our lives. It's at times like this that that foundation, again, is what we need to pay attention to because I need you to know this. When we all have defining moments in life and things don't always go as planned, the promise of Scripture and the power of the resurrection says this, on that foundation of Jesus Christ, you can rebuild. Amen. That with every death, there can be a resurrection through Jesus Christ. That our journey as Christians is not a hopeless one. 
and that you can live and find joy even in the midst of sorrow. It is at times like that, though, that you will need those values that we talked about and that strong foundation and the goals you're chasing after need to align with the heartbeat of God because you will need him and the community called the church at a time like that more than you ever do before. But if you're living a life selfishly, chasing after your own wants, needs, and desires, if you're simply on a happiness quest and don't really care about those around you and what happens when the storms of life come and they're coming and everything falls down, you will not have the strong foundation of Jesus Christ to rebuild. And so I ask you again, what is your foundation? And it's hard when you look at that question because you're going to have to look deep within. I'm not talking about the stuff just on the outside, those character flaws and those things that we do, those uniquenesses that make us who we are. I'm talking about the stuff hidden away in your heart somewhere, the secret stuff. I love this show on TV many years called Homes Inspections. Maybe some of you remember that show. The premise of the show was this. Uh, Mike Holmes, the, the man you see there, he would go into some uh, a, a young homeowners that were getting ready to buy a house, and oftentimes it was their first house. And they just got an inspection done, but then Mike Holmes would go in and do a second inspection on the home. And he would find all the things that got missed in the first inspection, and, and he would point them out to the homeowner, because his point was, many of these things, if we ignore them, will become expensive, dangerous problems later on. There are some hidden things there you need to be aware of. And I love this quote he had to say one day. It stopped me in my tracks and I wrote it down. He said this, it's the stuff you don't see that makes the difference between your home lasting or not. Now, he was talking about the subflooring in your house. But I realized when I heard that, oh my goodness, that's true in life as well. It's the things often that we like to ignore or pretend they're not there, or bury and dig in our heart. And here's the difficult question we all have to wrestle with. Who are you when nobody's looking? You know what I mean? Well, we've asked this question before. Yeah, I'm gonna stomp on your toes, it'll be okay. Are you the same person on Monday you claim to be on Sunday? See, it's the things that we like to hide away, ignore, or pretend aren't there. That's the stuff that comes back to get us later. The ad analogy I use in the book is, it, it's like seeing a water stain on your roof. And instead of going to find out what caused that water stain, we just paint over it and pretend like it's not there. How many of you know it's coming back? You've got to go and find out what's the cause of this thing. Where did it come from? And if you choose to ignore it for too long, what happens? you've got a very expensive repair on your hands at some point coming your way. We can't just ignore things in life. When we do that, we sin. But let's talk about that word for just a moment if we could. Because anytime we say sin, everyone's like, whoa, you know, we get all guilty and, uh, Pastor, are you condemning me? Blah, blah, blah. 
How many of you know the word sin is an archery term? Anybody? Many of you don't. Most Christians don't. There's nothing religious about the original word sin at all. The word sin in the ancient Greek meant missing the target. As an archer, when you shot your arrow at a target, and if you missed the target, you sinned. The Christians grabbed hold of that language, understanding that God has plans, purposes for every single person's life out there. But when we start shooting our arrows or throwing our darts in life and we miss the target, we sin. We are outside of God's plans and purposes for our life. And before you feel too guilty, let me tell you, every single person in this room has sinned. Every single one of us at some point have missed the mark in life for Jesus' plans and purposes for us. All of us have missed the target at some point. Romans 3.23, many of us know this one, but it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, for all have missed the target. Every single one of us at some point have missed the target. And we fall short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? That we live lives that glorify him. It's to his glory that we glorify him. Everything we do at the center of our understanding of who we are is to live a life of worship towards him. We bow down and serve him. But before we just sit there in our misery... The Bible always reminds us in Romans 6.23 that while the wages of missing the mark is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is not too late to get your house in order and begin building and rebuilding your life on Jesus Christ. From here, I took my entire ending and threw it in the garbage this morning. I got invited to uh, St. Louis the last few days. And uh, many of you know my friend I talked about last week. He wanted me to come talk to his dad, who was dying of Parkinson's. He could barely walk. It was enormously painful for him when he did, so he's homebound, largely. So we went to him and talked for hours upon hours upon hours about God and life. Truth is, he had wrestled with God for years, and in that conversation was all sorts of baggage, religion, bad advice, horrible experiences with the church and priests and nuns and everything else. Truth is, maybe that's you too. We've all got kind of baggage we bring into this. But at the end of the day for him, we had to just come to a conclusion that, you know what, all this stuff we think we're building our house out of, like money, and careers, houses, cars, success. We don't take any of that with us when we die. The Bible says you enter the world naked and you leave the world naked. 
And we've got to ask ourselves over time, well, if those things are important to me, am I building a house that can truly withstand the storm? The truth is, as we looked at his and everyone else's life, we could see that there had been problems along the way. But as I talk to him and I, I say to you, there comes a point when you just level with folks and you just say, I, this world is not all there is. There is life after death. There's too much evidence for it out there, y'all, in medical journeys, journals. This life isn't all there is. There is life after death. And for that reason, what you build your life on matters. And if your house falls, and maybe you're here today because you're like, you know what, I've, I've tried to do things my own way. I, I've, I've tried to live by other standards other than God. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, my life at the moment seems like it's falling apart. My house is falling down. I, I want to remind you there's hope. And I had to remind my friend and his dad of that too. As we talk for hours, just peeling away all the things we think we care about life, just to get to the core. What is it that really matters? What should we be building our house on? And I ask us never to overthink it. My dear friends, it is only by grace through faith. That the Bible says for those who will confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is king and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they can be saved. He'd go on to say, just call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus would look at us and say, come to me all who are weary and burdened and you will find rest. That's the invitation. And as we just worked through piece after piece, when we got down to the core, it really came down to that. Do you believe by faith through the grace that Jesus Christ gave us by dying on a cross? And at some point, just unexpectedly, the conversation stopped. And he said, I believe now baptize me. Amen. And since I was in St. Louis, and he can't get in and out of his house, we headed towards his shower. And the man stripped down. <laughs> he didn't care. <laughs> Comes a point when it just doesn't matter, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he got in that shower and we got cups of water and we poured it on him. And before we did, we had a few questions for him. Yes. Do you believe in God? He said, yes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his son? Oh, yes. That he died on a cross for our sins. Praise Jesus. Arose from the grave on the third day. Yes, I believe. And that you will spend eternity with him. Yes, Lord. And so it is my pleasure then, my brother in Christ, to baptize you in the name. Amen.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Next week's baptism. As far as I'm concerned, we just did one. That's the first. We've got 10 more lined up. And Jim, I know you're watching. I know you are, brother. You said you would. I'm proud of you. My friend ran out of excuses. Took a while. But he ran out of excuses. How about you? When will you stop the excuses and step into Jesus? That's my invitation. And I'm going to end it there because I want you to think about it.